Y'all need some rhythm lessons. That's... All right, so today begins a very important series in social media, and it's called Social Media. You like that? Pretty creative. Um, but no, so there's a hashtag there, and maybe half of you know what that is. It's okay. Uh, but a hashtag is, you know, in social media world, you put that little thing uh, in front of a word, and it's meant to sort of gather people around a topic or an idea. And look, some of y'all need to learn how to use that. It's meant to be real short, and some of you are just like three-sentence hashtags, and that's not the way it works. Okay. Social media. Oh, I can't tell you the burden that I have for this. Um, the, the importance that this message brings, this is going to be such an important series, Lord willing, we'll spend about five weeks together on this, and just right up front, I just want to say, I know everyone doesn't use social media, I know that, um, I understand that, but I just have to kind of challenge you on this, no, no, even if you don't use social media at all, you will benefit from this series, the things that we're going to learn, the truths that we're going to talk about will benefit you. So why a series on social media? Why are we going through this? Why did I feel such a burden? Well, here are some alarming stats for you. So in 2005, right, you know, 15 years or, or so ago, um, 10%, actually less than 10% of people used social media. And I know that's because there were fewer platforms. I understand that, but still, less than 10% today, today, right now, over 70% of Americans use social media. That's, that's alarming. Here's an, another alarming number. 88% of people ages 18 to 29 use social media. Right? It's creeping closer to 100% the younger we go. So you can see where we're headed, a social media culture. Now, here's another alarming figure. The average person, you and me, spends over two hours a day on social media. All right. So you can see how important it is. Some of you know this, some of you may not, but based on those figures alone, you can see that this is a real issue for us. Now listen, right out of the front too, I want to say this. I love social media. I'm not going to be the guy that says social media is the devil, you know, uh, it's, right? That's not me. Um, but you hear pastors say that. You hear people in church say that. I remember growing up, rock music was the devil, right? No, it's not. But, I, you look, I can keep up. So I'm not originally from here. I'm from Pound. I know that's real far away. But um, I can keep up with things going on with my family, my friends back there. Um, I've got family that lives outside of the state. And it's easy for me to keep up and, and see what's going on. You know, I can see benchmarks in their life. I can see when, when they have children. I can see birthdays and things that I normally would miss out on. It's great. I, I love it. Uh, personally, you can follow causes that you're passionate about, right? Uh, for business purposes, you can market. You can get your business name out there. You can advertise. Social media has so many benefits. At the same time, there are downsides. There are dangers. 
and consequences to technology and to social media. Many times it could and does end up doing more harm than good. It really does. And, and it leads me to, to make this statement here, and this is sort of like the statement for this message today or this whole series. I believe that social media today is the biggest challenge to authentic Christianity. When we look at the Bible and what it takes for us to be a Christ follower, what Jesus himself calls us to do to follow him, I believe social media is the biggest challenge to being an authentic Christian. Why? Just so many people use it. So many people are affected by it, and it has taken over our world. It's taken over our schools. It's taken over our homes. It's taken over our communities. So many people can waste or even ruin their lives with it. So we're going to spend some time in this series looking at how we can be authentic Christians in a social media world because that's where we're at, folks. That is where we are at. And over the course of this series, we're going to talk about some very important things. But for today... I want to talk about social media and contentment. Contentment. We all sort of know what contentment is, but where I'm coming from in this is how we compare ourselves to others. Through comparison, when, when we see others, and that's what social media is, it's out there, everybody's life is on display for us to see. When we see what they have, when we see what they're doing, when we see how they're living, and then we look at our lives and we feel different, right? We feel left out or we say, look, I, why can't I be like that? Why can't I have that? Why can't I look like that? We begin to think those things. We compare ourselves to others. Never before, look, today, never before have people had so much and yet want so much more when you think about it. We have access to anything and everything, yet we want more. We are not content. And sociologists, most sociologists believe that social media is the main driver to that. Okay? And we see people out there doing things, and we're doing nothing. We see people with things, and we think we don't have enough. We see people going places, and we think, man, I just get to go somewhere once a month. We see people eating nice food and eating, eating out at nice restaurants two, three times a week, and we're eating Marie Callender's two, three times a week. We're like, what? The more we compare ourselves with others, the less satisfied we are. The more we compare, the less content we are with our own lives. Now listen, listen, listen. Some more stats for you. Studies show that a third of people feel depressed significantly after only 30 minutes on Facebook. And how much time does the average person spend? Over two hours. After only 30 minutes, 30% 30 of people 33% of people feel significantly depressed. Now, women, I don't know why this is, okay? Everybody struggles with social media, men and women, but women, women, the stats show that you struggle the most. I don't know why that is. 
50% of women, half, after 30 minutes on social media, feel bored with their own life. 25% after 30 minutes on social media feel like they're missing out on something. And 20% of women feel envious of others. Envy. Sin. Wow. Why, why is that? Because we see others and we compare. We feel discontent with our own lives. We do. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something uncomfortable. Raise your hand if you've ever struggled with contentment. Raise your hand. You're in church. <laughs> if you've ever struggled with contentment. Yeah. Look. This isn't a game. The point in this series is to open your eyes and for us to be honest about some things. And that's what I want us to do. Let's deal with the things that are having a negative impact not only on our lives but on our faith. Because social media, to me, today, is the biggest challenge to authentic Christianity. It is. So this is a real issue in our world, in our culture, in our lives. And what I want to do is talk about three areas really quick where social media causes discontentment. Again, as we go through three through these, be honest with yourself. Okay? Three main areas of discontentment. The first, first one is material. Material discontentment. This is where we, we look at other people's money, finances, and we get a picture in our head, oh, they're doing good. They're well off. This is where we start seeing people with things, and we begin to feel envy. They have things, and I don't, and I want those things. They have 100 pairs of shoes, and I've got 10 in my closet. Right? They have nice clothes, and I've got clothes I've worn for 10 years. They have a new car every year, and I'm driving the same one that I've had for 10 years. They have boats, and I can't even afford to rent a boat. Right? We look at houses, and we're still renting an apartment. That's material discontentment. We see people with things. We want it. Then there's relational discontentment. This is where we actually see people interacting, and we say, I want that. I want to be like that. We see our friends, and we're thinking, man, I don't have that in my life. We see people going places, doing things, and interacting, and having a good time, and we're like, we don't have that. We feel left out. We see families on there together, and man, my family's falling apart. We see people happily married on there. We see relational intimacy. And I barely talk to my wife two, three times in a week. They seem to have the perfect life, and I don't have, have that. You know, Craig Groeschel says this. We see people's highlight reels and compare them to our behind the scenes. <laughs> How do you compete with that? You can't. So that's relational discontentment and then circumstantial discontentment. I told you we go through these pretty fast, but I just want to open your eyes to maybe some things that you struggle with. And this is probably the one I struggle with most, circumstance. You're looking at someone else's life and says, I wish I was where they are. 
It's a snapshot of somebody's life, and you're like, man, I just wish I was there. Quality of life. Their quality of life seems to be so much better than mine. Everything seems to be right for them. They have a, they have a better job than me, or their children, right, seem so nice. They must have done such a great job of raising their kids, and my kids are heathens. Their marriage seems so perfect. They're always going on date night. What is date night? (laughs) They always get to travel and they're always going places and they're always posting pictures. Here I am here, here I am there. Oh, I'm going here next week. Look, this is me. Look, y'all that go places on weekends, y'all know I have to work on Sundays, right? (laughs) I hate you, hashtag I don't want to see your picture of you somewhere on Sunday. Someone else's circumstances are different than ours. Because of that, we become discontent. We become discontent. It's so easy for us to become discontent, and there's so many ways that social media feeds that, fuels that, adds to that. So the question is, how in the world can we be content? How can we do that? Is there some sort of secret to contentment? According to the Bible, there is. There is a secret. One of the greatest teachings in all of the Bible on contentment comes from the Apostle Paul. And and look, guess where he's at in this teaching? He's in a Roman prison, in the basement, in a dungeon, in the dark, chained to a Roman prison guard probably eating Roman noodles (laughs) not Marie calendars the point is look we read right past this all the time some of us have this as a magnet on our fridge but do you realize where he was at do you realize the truth behind this scripture The secret of contentment is found in this. Philippians 4, 12. We always go to 13, but let's start at 12. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul says, I know what it is to be all this. I know what it is to experience all this. I've done it. I am in it right now. I had the high life before. Once I started following Jesus, I got put in prison. I know what life is like. I know all the ups and downs, and I've learned the secret to being content, and the secret is this. I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. Life is not about what you have or what you don't have. Life is about being content through Jesus Christ and Christ alone. And if I have Christ, listen to me, I have everything I need. That's the mentality that we need to have. If you have Jesus, you have all you need. Look, you you can search all you want. You can spend so many late nights 
looking and scrolling and desiring and longing for all you want. You can compare your life with someone else's life all you want. You can spend so much time of your life wishing that your life was better. But until you see that Christ is all you need, you'll always battle with discontentment. Always. Until you see that Christ is more than enough, you will always want more. You will. You will. Paul said, I can have a lot or I can have a little. It doesn't matter. I found the secret of being content in any and every situation, and it's Christ. The secret of being content is Christ's strength in us. It takes Christ's strength in us for be, to be content because we can't do it on our own, you see. We can't. That's the secret. Now, I want to share with you two things that we need to do. And these two things, we absolutely need Christ's strength in order to do them. First of all, and these are, this is so practical, but it, look, it's straightforward. And there's no sugarcoating this, right? We, first thing we need to do is stop comparing. Stop it. Don't do it. If comparison leads you down that road to envy, and envy ruins your life, stop it. Don't do it. We need to stop comparing. We need to stop looking at other people and comparing our lives to theirs. All right? 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Look at this. We do not dare. We don't dare. Do it. We don't dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Well, you're not wise when you compare. That's foolish. We need to stop comparing. You never, ever, ever win with comparison. You always lose every time. Why? Because there's always something more. There's always someone else. When you reach a certain level, there's always another level up. You never, ever win. You lose every time. And I struggle with this, okay? And I struggle with this now as a pastor. I really do. You know, I look at other pastors and I'm like, man, they got this huge church, you know, and successful and they're baptizing 100 people a week, you know. I'm baptizing 10 a year. Am I, do, I need, do I need to get out of my position? Am I, in the, am I in the wrong place? Or even other pastors here, man, they were so popular, everybody liked them. Right? Oh, they were such a great speakers, and look, I have trouble speaking. They were so popular, they were so successful, they had so many great ideas, everybody in the community liked them, they had a great family, everybody loved them. Right? I deal with that. I mean, I'm like, I think about those things. I struggle with this. Maybe you struggle with comparison too and what you do and where you're at. But we must stop comparing because it's, look, it's just not wise. It's not wise. It doesn't help. Further, listen to this. James, the brother of Jesus, had some strong words about comparison. You think, <laughs> you think the brother of Jesus had to deal with comparison? <laughs> right? I mean, James, what are you doing, huh? 
what are you going to do? Right? Let's, let's invite this guy over and see if he can multiply our food. Well, the best I can do is a Happy Meal, so I mean... Man, we, we, we just look past those things sometimes. The brother of Jesus, <laughs> the Lord, had this to say. And I want you to listen. Listen to how dangerous. James 3, verse 14. But if you harbor bitter envy, that's what comparison is. That's what comparison leads to. If you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, look, that he's, he's being sarcastic there, such wisdom does not come down from heaven but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. Look, comparison and discontentment lead to what? Envy. Envy. And folks, envy is not from God. It's not from heaven. It's unspiritual and demonic. You might say, whoa, he said demonic. Yeah. It's demonic. Look, the Bible teaches us about the enemy. It's very clear from the very beginning. What did we see? We saw people struggling with comparison my life is this way and yet it could be something else and they fell into the trap of the enemy when you compare you're working alongside of the devil you're giving yourself into the hands of the enemy you're saying here i am i'm opening myself up to you have your way with my life. That, look, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not spiritually crazy. I'm not a wacko talking about the devil and demons. Th that's what happens. You, you might say, oh, I don't believe in the devil. Well, look, let me tell you, the devil believes in you. He spends a lot of time in your life trying to bring you down, trying to keep you from authentic Christianity, trying to keep you Comparing on social media. As long as you do that, you'll stay there. And he don't have anything to worry about. Man. So stop comparing. It's not wise. Actually, it's demonic. So how do we do this practically? Practically speaking, look, some of you might need to take a break from social media. Like it, your life is there. It's got to that point. People do that. I understand that. Maybe you need to take a break from it for a day, maybe a week, maybe a month. Some of you may need to unfollow. And for those of you on social media, you know, the, you know what I'm talking about. You need to unfollow or you need to unfriend somebody that every time you see them, you're like, oh, man, again? They just did this yesterday. Look. Unfollow them. Unfriend them. Oh, I'm afraid I'll hurt their feelings. Who cares? Who cares? Stop allowing somebody else to ruin your life. Do you understand? Stop 
comparing. You may need to unfollow or unfriend someone that triggers that discontentment. Some of you need to stop seeing certain feeds. You've subscribed to these feeds. No, it shows you, oh, here's a new home. Here's a vacation rental, right? Here's all these deals. I don't have enough. These coupons, I need to, oh, I need to get that. I need to get that, right? You need to stop seeing certain feeds. Unsubscribe to those. Leave those groups. And you might say, look, I don't even have a social media account, right? You know, you might need to stop watching certain TV shows. I don't know. Certain reality shows. Certain um, articles in the newspaper, things like that, that anything that causes discontentment you may just need to walk away from. So we need to stop comparing because it's not wise and it's demonic and you lose every time and it will always lead to discontentment. All right, second thing, and it's the opposite of this. Stop comparing and then cultivate gratitude. We need, to, we need Christ's strength in us to cultivate gratitude. If Envy is resenting God's goodness in someone else's life. That's what envy is. We're looking at them, we're like, I hate that. He's blessing them, I don't like that, right? It's also ignoring God's goodness in your own life. It's like we have blinders on and we fail to see and fail to recognize what God's doing in my own life. When we are discontent, we fail to recognize how blessed we are. We really do. So we need to cultivate gratitude. Look at this, Proverbs 15, 15. For the despondent, every day brings trouble. Look, we all know somebody like this. Oh, it's raining today. Oh, I don't feel so good today. Oh, today's going to be a horrible day. Oh, can you believe it? They're doing this or they're doing that. Sound like Eeyore, right? We all know somebody like that. Maybe, maybe you're that person, Right? For the despondent, look, if you want to live like that, look, every day for the rest of your life is going to be rainy clouds just following you, okay? Every day brings brings trouble, but, but for the happy heart, life is a continual feast. (laughs) You see the difference there? If you're looking for bad in the world, let me tell you, let me let you in on a secret, you'll find it, and you will not have to look very far or work very hard. You could find bad in life very easy. But let me also tell you this too. There's good in this life. There's good in your life. And if you look for it, guess what? You'll find it. You will find it. And what does that lead to? A continual feast. I like all you can eat buffets, don't you? <laughs> yes. That's, that's great. It leads to a happier life. A happy and content heart leads to a life of enjoyment. And I don't know about you. But that sounds so much better than living a life of discontentment and unsatisfaction, right? Man, when I eat at an all-you-can-eat buffet, I am satisfied. I love it. You know, I even go get ice cream, and it's great. You know the little thing over there? Yeah. As a matter of fact, Solomon said this, um, the wealthiest man, and the wisest man of all time said this, Ecclesiastes 6, 6, 9. Enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. It's that simple. Just dreaming about nice things is meaning, meaningless, like chasing the wind. Anybody ever try to chase the wind? Don't raise your hand, please, because I will give you a hard time about that for a long time. It's like chasing the wind, you know. It's meaningless. You can't... 
What's the point? You'll never catch it. If you catch up to it, you'll never get a hold of it. It'll just go away. You want to have a continual feast? Be thankful for what you have. You want life to be a celebration? You enjoy what you have now. Instead of looking at someone else's life on social media and think, I I wish I had their life, enjoy what you do have rather than longing for what you don't have. Instead of thinking, man, I wish I had a nice or bigger house, be thankful that you have a roof over your head. Amen? Be thankful that you got shelter. Be thankful that you got a place to go to when it storms, when it's cold. Be thankful that you got indoor plumbing that works. Hello? Are you thankful? Listen, I went to Costa Rica. I'm admitting something here, okay? I'm confessing. Nobody else has heard this. But you can't flush toilet paper over there? I flushed the toilet paper. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm confessing. I did it multiple times. I just forgot. Just forgot. I just keep thinking, man, is is the country going to blow up because I did that? I mean, you know, we're going to get arrested by international police or something. But we take for granted flushing toilet paper here. And it's a privilege. Be thankful for what you do have. You might not like your car, but thank God that you have a ride. Thank God that you can get from here to there, point A to point B. You might not like your family. You might not like your family. But thank God that you have people in your life to love and people to love you. That's a blessing. You may not get to eat fancy meals every single day, but be thankful that you've got beanie weenies and food in the pantry. Let's be thankful. Instead of desiring what you don't have, enjoy and be thankful for what you do have. Why? Because for the happy heart, life is a continual feast. It's continual. So the next time you're tempted to compare, I want you to think like this, okay? God has been better to me than anything I could ever imagine through his son Jesus. By the way he showed me grace, by the way he showed me love, by the way he showed me forgiveness, and by the way he showed me provision, God has given me so much more than what I deserve. So when my life is good, I thank God for his blessings. When my life isn't what I want it to be, I thank God for his goodness and for what I do have. And I'm going to enjoy the rest of my life. And I'm going to make my life a continual feast because I'm going to seek the good of his work in my life each and every day. And I'm going to stop comparing because it's not wise and it's demonic. And I'm going to cultivate a life of gratitude because I've learned the secret of being content. Okay, And the secret is whether or not I'm, I have plenty or I'm in need, right? Whether I have a lot or a little, the secret of being content is I can do all this through Christ who strengthens me. And because in Christ we find true joy and true contentment, and in him we find true 
satisfaction. All right, now we're going to spend some time together in communion, and uh, we're really going to thank God for what he's given to us. So I'm going to pray in just a moment, but communion is for Christ followers, for Christians. If you're not a Christian, look, I would just encourage you to place your faith in Jesus this morning. And you realize that you're a sinner. You realize that you need to be forgiven. And you realize that Christ paid for your sin on the cross, right? And and he died for you so that you could have a new life. You place your faith in him, and you could be saved right now where you're at. You believe that he died for you. You believe that he rose so that you could have new life. And then you commit your life to following him, to talking with him, to walking with him, to reading his word and allowing him to direct and guide your life. Will you do that today? Well, let's all bow our heads. Father, I thank you today for this message. Father, when we look at um, social media and technology, we just see so many benefits, but we also see so many dangers. Father, help us to stop comparing our lives to others. Um, we, what we learned today is that it's not wise and that it, it is from the enemy. I pray for those that struggle with that today, that they would just stop. They would just give it up and realize how important this, this is. Father, help us to cultivate a life of gratitude and be thankful for so many blessings, for each and every blessings, uh, each and every blessing that you have given us. Help us to count them, your word says. Father, you have been good to us, especially through your son, Jesus. And you gave us everything when you gave us your son, And so we should be, just based on that and that alone, eternally grateful to you and live a life of gratitude. I pray that as we take communion together that we would recognize and remember the sacrifice that was made for us and the love that you have for us. And I do pray for the person today um, who doesn't know you but can feel you right now drawing them closer to you. I pray that they would give their life over to you that they would see Jesus as their Savior, and they would, they would pledge their life to following him. Father, we're thankful for the sacrifice that was made on our behalf. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.